With $20 worth of quarters in my pocket, I think I'm living in the shade of an 80s arcade. And welcome to Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade, episode number 62. I'm your host, Joel McLaughlin, and this is Super Bowl Sunday. The show will come out and be out in time for y'all to listen to it before you go watch the Bengals try to win the Super Bowl. But I thought since this is Super Bowl weekend, um, I thought it would be a wonderful time to share my top five 80s arcade sports games. And we're going to go right into the list. Uh, And my first one on the list is number five, track and field. In track and field from Konami in 1983, uh, was originally brought out in the arcades, then moved to Nintendo uh, Entertainment System. Uh, the original arcade game, the player uses two run buttons uh, and then one action button. So you'd have like run, you'd hit the run buttons, you know, there's two buttons, you'd hit them like you're running, then you'd hit the action button to jump. That's how it started at first, but then eventually, uh, uh, later in later units, they replaced the buttons, uh, which were frequently damaged. Uh, because let me tell you, we nailed them suckers when we played that game, uh, and they replaced those with the trackball for the running part of it. So you would just spin the trackball, and then you'd still hit the action button. So, a game. Uh, this is very similar to Olympic events. Uh, it has a 100-meter dash, long jump, javelin throw, 110-meter hurdles, hammer throw, and high jump. Uh, it was released in Japan in September of 1983 and in North America in October of 1983. Each event, there's qualifying time or level the player must achieve in advance of the next event. Failing to qualify uh, will reduce the player's number of lives by one, but if none are present, his or her disposal, the game will end. So it was one of those ones that I just have distinct memories of smashing my fingers while playing the buttons. Uh, so, uh, But that was a great game uh, and a worthy top five contender. Uh, my next one is number four. The one, first one on the list, there's several on the list that are going to be football-oriented because, hey, it is Super Bowl weekend, is the first one in, uh, that's football-oriented is number four, Tecmo Bowl. And my most distinct memory of this game was the when I first went to college in 1989. Um, they absolutely did have 
this game in the comments at the Rye Institute of Technology, now the Rye University. And uh, other than that, uh, probably the biggest thing was this is one of the first ones I remember that had, um, well, there was other ones prior to this date that had uh, four joysticks. The first football game where you had uh, two joysticks, one on each, uh, two players on each side, uh, and you'd play um, uh, football. Essentially, it was American football. You can hike, pass, jump, tackle, kick, and it was a one of the actually first one. The one thing it was one of the first ones of was it was the first one that had a really wide screen on it. Um, it was essentially as wide as two arcade machines were. In the 80s, this one came out in 1987, was made by Tecmo. Uh, Tecmo uh, Bowl was eventually ported to the NES, just like many games were at the time. So that was Tecmo Bowl, one of the first ones, football games, that uh, I thought was worthy of the top five in the arcade. Now, it would not be a sports arcade game list without a game that did basketball, and one of the, my mem memories of a really great basketball game was our number three uh, basketball game, uh, sports game, I should say, <laughs> that was really popular uh, in the time, and my number three, Double Dribble. And that was a little clip from the number three double dribble. Um, Double Dribble came out in 1987, July 24th, 1987 in Japan, and September 1987 in North America. It was brought out by Konami, and it was a basketball game. And I think it was must have been uh, specifically targeted uh, to the U.S. market. Well, i never seen the Japan version, but this version had the, as you can tell at the end of the recording there, uh, the anthem in it, um, the logos on the game uh, had the U.S. flag on it. Um, and at the time, it was, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's better games now, but at the time, there were uh, better, uh, uh, no better basketball games uh, than the double dribble game, and it was very popular back in the day. Um was followed by the sequel titled Double Dribble Play the Playoff Edition, which was released in 1994 for the Sega Genesis Mega Drive. Uh, and a remake uh, called Double Dribble Fast Break was released for iOS in 2010. Uh, so it's still a fairly popular uh, series of bas basketball games that started in the 80s. And so before we go into number two and number one, it is now time to say thank you to the people that make this show possible without you guys and without some good friends uh, you would not have this show so here we go alright before I go and 
thank our hosting provider. I do have some shout-outs today. I want to thank our good friend Rob Fott at Living in the 80s. If you like the 80s as much as I do, you need to check that show out. You may run into Matt Moore over there. And uh, like I said, check him out. also need to put a shout-out to Jason Peitzmeyer at Chewing the Fat, as well as um, Free For All and his wife's show that he produces in the salon. Uh, great content over there. You do need to check all of those shows out. And I also want to thank my good friend Travis at Roundtown Radio for playing this show. Uh, he plays us right behind Living in the 80s. We're like two peas in a pod. You got to listen to Roundtown Radio. Uh, thank you guys for your support. And let's go thank our hosting provider, Anchor. And welcome back to the show. Uh, like I said uh, earlier before our thank you segment, you know, with, without these people, uh, the show wouldn't be what it is today. And it also goes for my friends on Facebook in the group, so keep sharing your stuff. Um, Link shared something recently about one of the Atari um, flashback games. So it's one of those things I actually need to pick one of those up and do a review on for the show. Uh, but uh, anywho, let's get back into the list uh, and talk about our number two and our number one. Uh, number two, it can be argued that this may not be a sports game, but I think it is because it does use football. But it also has a little bit of a techie slash cyber um, part to it. And that's going to be Cyberball 2072. Welcome to All right, Cyberball 2072 was definitely one of my favorite games in the 80s. Uh, that game... Uh, it had a really interesting uh, format. There was some that were in the traditional arcade game style cabinets, but they had a couple that had two screens in them, uh, and each player would play. Uh, you can play your own game. You're like against the computer against uh, on each screen, or when you wanted to play a two-player game, one player would be on one screen, the other player would be on the other and yeah, it's essentially football, but you're playing with robots. It came out in 1989, uh, and had several ports from the uh, arcade to the NES, Genesis, Atari ST, Atari Lynx, Amiga, Commodore 64, Amstrad CPC, and the ZX Spectrum. And I just love this game. Uh, it was you you played these robots that were playing good old football, American style football, not soccer. Uh, on uh, the game and there was also uh, other format like I said the main format that I remember is they had the arcade style uh, you know the regular arcade style then they had this two screen cabinet um, that I remembered playing the mu very much 
Like, if you haven't seen this game, you might want to pick up a port on one of the arcade systems. I haven't seen this game in an arcade in years, but um, it was a great game. So, now, number one. Number one is one everyone remembers. It was one of the funnest games to actually watch the game while you were in line because it had... Two screens, one on top of each other. Anybody got a guess? Well, I wish I could actually have you guys sharing your guess. But number one is from Nintendo, and it's Punch-Out!! And Punch-Out, like I said, was just one of the best games to not only play, but to also watch people play because it basically had um, two screens, one on top of the other. Uh, you had the screen that you played on and then the one that everybody else could watch. And that was the main format of this game. Uh, it, came, it was uh, released in the arcade in Japan in 19, February of 1984. And followed uh, a month later in North America in March of 1984. The game, the player takes the role of the green-haired, unnamed boxer, sometimes claimed to be Little Mac. Uh, the NES version did call him Little Mac. Um, is known by three initials. The player chooses when the game begins. During the matches, the player's boxer is viewed from behind and above as a wireframe so that the opponent can be seen. The player must time his punches, dodges, blocks in order to defeat the opposing boxer. Opponents' impending offensive moves are telegraphed by subtle eye changes. The whites of the eyes flash yellow, uh, but the player must ultimately predict what moves the opponent will make and react appropriately. Once the player defeats the last opponent, the opponents repeat with increased difficulty. The player has one three-minute round to score a knockout. And will automatically lose if time runs out. A fighter who is knocked down three times in one round will be unable to rise, leading to a knockout. In the event the player loses, the computer control victor will taunt the player. And the corner man for the player will try to entice the player to play again. Come on, stand up and fight, is what the guy said. Uh, via the game's distinctive digitized speech, Players are only allowed one continue per playthrough. Like many games made during the golden age of arcade games, there is no actual ending, and the game continuously loops until the player loses. So um, that was the arcade version. Uh, it was uh, developed by the awesome Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, who designed the characters and designed the game. Uh, uh, it was released in the first quarter of 1984 when Nintendo was making several coin-operated arcade machines. Nintendo had excessive number of video monitors after the success of the Donkey Kong series. Basing the purchases on the estimate for the demand of the arcade games, they were offered a proposition to make an arcade game that used two monitors. Yes, this is the one of the first ones that did that. So, um, really great game. Uh, 
I don't know of anybody in the 80s that didn't play this game. Um, there might be some girls that didn't really like the game. Now, the really cool game thing it was it was ported to the NES, but in, in the NES version, it was called Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Uh, they had a sponsorship with Mike Tyson uh, at that point. Um, and then they also had a Super Punch-Out on the SNES. Uh, but the Mike Tyson one is the one everyone probably remind re- remembers playing at home on the NES, where the end boxer was Mike Tyson before he started repeating into the into the other boxers again. Uh, in 1990, when the contract licensing to use Tyson's name uh, expired, and I, Nintendo replaced the Tyson Tyson with the original an original character named Mr. Dream, releasing it as Punch Out or just Punch Out featuring Mr. Dream. Like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Punch Out featured Mr. Dream bore no further resemblance to the arcade version. So, um, but that was a wonderful game. Everyone liked, I said, everyone loved playing this game in the 80s, and it was it is my number one sports game of the decade. So, all right, well, uh, this is a special Sunday version of Living in the Shade in an 80s arcade, and I actually get to approve uh, and... Uh, mention a new member that just requested eight minutes ago, Tom Hoisington. I think I said your name right. So hopefully you're listening to the show. Thanks for joining the Facebook group. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and prove you. Uh, And let's take one more look at the group before I uh, end the show here and see if there's any interesting posts on the group to talk about. Um. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Keep sharing stuff. If you got an idea for the show, let me know via the Facebook group. That's probably the best way to let me know. Um, I see it. Um, but uh, let's see. Aaron Fight uh, shared something. I think, I, like I said, I think I said his name right. Uh, but he shared another uh, hand controlled uh, Artari 2600 uh, setup with uh, the Raspberry Pi, which is pretty cool. And. Then he also has a post about playing the Atari uh, version of Activision Tennis uh, with a physical racket instead of playing, uh, you know, with the joystick. So pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, my fellow friend uh, back January twenty second, Link Fezzanen, he posted about the Atari Flashback version nine. Uh, and he he posted a picture of him playing it on his TV with he's playing Space Invaders, the original Atari version of it. And I don't know what this one game is. It looks like an Activision game. I don't know what game that is. Uh, and then uh, looks like Activision uh, Night Driver or some sort of driver kind of Frogger. It's another one he's playing on the flashback. And of course, the cl- classic Space Invaders. So. Thanks for posting that stuff in the group link. We, I love you. Keep keep on uh, doing what you're doing, man. You're doing a great job, and I miss you. So um, he's uh, over in California, and uh, I don't get to see him that much. So, all right, everyone. Well, that's been living in the shade of an '80s arcade special Super Bowl Sunday version of the show. Keep going out, finding those '80s classics, playing them, and having a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the show, and we will talk to you next week. 